Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the tiny but mighty edition. Oh, <laughs> the best edition, I think is what you mean. Ah. I love tiny things. Oh. I love tiny dogs. Oh, yeah. I oh, love yeah. other tiny dogs. <laughs> I've just been looking at tiny dog videos all morning, and um, they are, in fact, very mighty. Oh, good. well, you're going to love this episode. Then. Amazing. So in between 060... Some baby birds are muscular killers. Yes, they are. And an actual study on dog farts. Thank God. <laughs> you know, thank God. No one talks about dog farts as much as they should. That's right. Not enough. Not enough. They, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I love a dog let's, fart. Let's do it. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. And I'm Jill Chacha. And uh, this is not my usual voice. <laughs> so... <laughs> I woke up with a terrible fucking cold, so. But you know what? Jill is powering through it. Yeah. We got her some drugs. <laughs> so many drugs. We got her some tea. So much tea. We <clears throat> got her, what else did we get her? More drugs. More drugs. <laughs> we got her the kind of drugs that require an ID to buy. Yeah. The real Sudafed, y'all. <laughs> That's right. We're not making meth, but we are making podcasts. That's it. Uh, and I am with uh, the always supportive and always makes me feel just so good. Oh, stop it. It's Marissa Riley. Thank you. <laughs> so good to be here, as always. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns, learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, but I'm so happy that one of those things is dog farts. <laughs> I know. Thank God. <laughs> They are just so loud and proud about their farts. I aspire to fart like a dog. We all do. We all do. We all should. We should. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should begin. We, we definitely <laughs> On that <should>. note, <laughs> let's begin today by heading into the woodlands, heathlands, and farmlands of Europe oh. and into northern and southern Asia. Ah. It is across this great expanse we find one of nature's miracles. A mother bird laying her single egg. Aww. Aww. Now, specifically, we're wa- we are watching the common cuckoo hunker down and cop a squat in a nest. Okay. Now, okay. a nest, my friend, that does not belong to her. Okay, that's kind of rude. Yeah. Not going to lie. Odds are that nest, which is already occupied with several other eggs, belongs to a dunnock, meadow pipit, or reed warbler. Uh, just props to, to saying all of those yeah. really complicated... <laughs> bird names that when you can't fucking breathe when you can't breathe there are so many consonants in all of those words and you nailed it like a fucking pro thank you it's really hard to say warbler 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 when you you have when you're you're like 40 percent capacity of breathing (laughs) it's hard to say when you're like 90 percent capacity (laughs) jesus so uh, my friends, the common cuckoo is one of many bird species that belongs to a group called avian brood parasites. Oh, fuck yeah. Put that on a tote fuck yesterday. Yeah. Simply put, these birds lay their eggs in nests of other species, forcing the host to raise their offspring. This in turn gives back the time and energy it takes to raise a chick to mama cuckoo so she can use that to lay more eggs and have more offspring, basically. I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah. It's efficient. Yeah. Is it rude? <clears throat> a little bit. It's a little rude. But you know what? It, she's she's just getting a babysitter? I'm not sure. 
I can't decide. Tell me more. Yeah, it's equal parts clever and sinister on the behalf of the parent, but don't worry, it gets even more so because the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. What? Cuckoo hatchlings are blind, naked, featherless, determined killers. Oh, shut up. Yeah, and to help explain, Dr. Marissa, I'm going to show you part of a video. Thank God. Yeah, please tell us what you see happening inside the nest of a reed warbler. Uh, For context, uh, the hatchling is not a warbler but a cuckoo. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, And if y'all at home or work or performing surgery want to watch along, search Science News for Students and When Parenting Goes Cuckoo. That's right. Put down that scapel and watch this video with (laughs) me. Now, I chose this video because um, it's for young students and it's disturbing. It's great. (laughs) I love it. I love disturbing things for children. The never-ending story, the dark crystal. Why did they make us watch it? It's horrifying. And then we add this video. Exactly. Number three. So uh, we're starting around the two-minute mark. So please, uh, Dr. Marissa, tell us what the cuckoo is doing and uh, eventually what the host parents start doing. Okay. All right. Let me pull it over. Okay. And are you ready? I'm so ready. Please narrate. And if we need to stop, just say pause and et cetera. Will do. Here we go. Will do. Okay. I see a regular bird. It's in these kind of bamboo mm-hmm. s- sticks. All right, I see. Okay, pause. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I see this naked blind uh, hatchling. Yeah. And this is the cuckoo hatchling. Yeah. It is horrifyingly naked and blind. <laughs> this thing looks like an alien. Uh, it's very awkward. Yeah. And it's just, and, and it, it's hatched and there are two other eggs in the nest yeah. that i can see and it looks like a little uh, ugly dinosaur and i'm sure it'll grow up to be something beautiful but right now it's pretty ugly so pretty ugly. Yeah. okay and, keep playing um just tell us what is it doing oh so it's kind of struggling around it's kind of flopping around oh it just pushed an egg out of the nest yep oh my god oh my god and it's still struggling around in this and it's pushing another egg out of the nest how does it know to do this when it's blind and naked? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Okay, so now it's kind of at the edge of the nest. Oh, my God. It's okay. All right, pause, pause, yeah. pause. It pushed <laughs> all of the eggs out of the nest. The way it did it was with its butt. I am so impressed. When I am naked and I can't see anything, I really can't do anything other than just scream for help. And this bird used its butt to, like, push out these eggs. Yeah. Until it's just sitting there in in this beautiful nest alone with its wings out, uh, Scarface style, uh, like it's in a hot tub. Yeah. This this blind, naked, ugly thing owned the shit out of this nest. It's horrifying, weirdly respectable. I'm very creeped out. Yeah, it's it's, it's something. Something (laughs) just happened. All right. All right, Continuing. It's still flopping around at the edge of the nest. All right, so the mama bird came back, and she's feeding. Is she feeding she's this feeding bird? Yep. She is feeding this hatchling. Two birds are now feeding this hatchling, yep. which now takes up the entire nest. I think some time has passed. And it is, yeah. oh it's my getting. God, it's getting so big and dark, and it's getting feathers. It takes up the whole nest. It is a big, big bird. <laughs> It it now it doesn't fit in the nest anymore. I just no. want to point out that that time has been passing very quickly. A couple of days have passed, definitely. And this is this, two days. A couple of days. 
Oh my yeah. god. So, so is, it's basically blooming out. It's busting out of this nest. That's a, how big and fluffy it's gotten. It is massive. Yeah, exactly. It's like twice the size of the nest. And yeah. it's, a, it's a completely different color and size than the parents. It's, yeah. It's bigger than the parents already. But the parents had like no fucks to give. They just came over and they were like, all right, a bird's here. I'm feeding it. Yeah. They're like, she's different, but we love her. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> fucking love this big. Look how big she is. Rude thing. Oh, it's so awkward. It's just flopping around. It's got these big, huge uh, toenails. Um, yeah. And it's falling. Yeah. It's uh it's falling out of the nest because it's so goddamn big. It's just too it's it's, it's big <clears throat> and it's drunk. <laughs> so yeah. relatable. And both parents took care of it. Yeah. So Oh my god. Yeah. What a what a privilege. <clears throat> so this behavior of a newborn tossing out the eggs of its host has captured the attention of biologists and bird lovers for ages. It's fascinating, disturbing, and raises a lot of questions. Yes. One of them, you may be asking, is how in the holy hell can something so small perform such a strenuous act? Not once, not twice, but three times right after hatching. Right after hatching, and it was blind. Yeah. Quote, Within a day or two of being born, they lift an egg that's almost their own weight onto their back, and they shove it out of the nest. Author Stephanie McClelland, a doctoral candidate at the Royal Holloway University of London in Eggham, told LiveScience.com, Think of a human baby trying to lift a bowling ball or something, end quote. Exactly. But not even with its arms. It's like using its backside. Yeah. It's wild. So even if it could kind of see a little bit, it's not looking at it. It's like, imagine using your back to push like a dresser Mm -hmm. and and not your hands and not your doing it completely blindly. It's possible, but like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard work. Extremely hard. Yeah. This question puzzled Stephanie, and she wanted to get down to the bottom of it. She did have a starting point, however. Okay. <clears throat> According to Live Science staff writer Nicoletta Lanis, uh, past studies in domestic birds like chickens have demonstrated that embryonic movements are key to a growing chick's development. Oh. Previous studies suggest that hyperactivity in the egg results in a beefy, muscular chick, while other studies have shown that paralysis in embryo causes stunted bone growth, malformed joints, and reduced muscle tone, end quote. Okay, before we move on, I just want to say beefy muscular chick. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I feel like that is a, like, I feel like that would be an awesome, like, bio on a dating website. Like, that's yeah. me. I am a beefy muscular chick. Yeah. At your service. That's right. Aspire. Aspire. Something else to aspire to. Yeah. Beefy is the new, um, I don't know what the old thing was. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I haven't been on a dating profile in a while. Me either. <laughs> so, so Stephanie McClelland got to thinking, these parasitic chicks are probably little coked up Jane Fondas yeah. while developing in the egg. Yeah. She hypothesized embryonic movement is probably way more freque- frequent in avian bird parasites than our non-parasite bird friends. Ah. So <clears throat> to prove this, Stephanie herself is probably one of the most energetic researchers I've come across. Uh, she and her team analyzed 437 eggs. Hot damn. From 14 bird species. Holy shit. Including five brood parasites, their hosts, and other closely re- related non-parasitic species for comparison. Amazing. Stephanie. Yeah. Slow clap. Working hard. That's right. She started with watching some bird eggs on her university campus in the UK. Okay. And these included domestic homing pigeons and 
which is a non-parasitic species, pigeons. We all we all know. Yeah, we all know. Um, for the hundreds of others, she traveled to Zambia oh in the God. wet and dry season, made a stop in Tanzania, flew to the Czech Republic, and finally, you guessed it, she traveled to Illinois in the U.S. of A. to watch baby brown-headed cowbirds, another brood parasite. Dude, she understood the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> she went right for it. What a what a travel schedule! <gasps> Zambia, Tanzania, Czech Republic, Illinois, uh, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. These don't seem like the most ex- like like uh, luxurious easy. destinations. Not easy either. to get to. Not no. easy. No, she stayed in some rough hotels. She did. Yeah, good, good for, for her. her. Amazing. Uh, so, oh, and just so you know, adult uh, brown-headed cowbirds, uh, they do have a brown head, but no cow parts. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very sad. But... <laughs> this is a big disappointment. Yes. Podcast <laughs> over. I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Jill. All right. I'm back. Well, thank you, because I can't do this with, okay. one, with my voice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what adorable machinery was used to record and document the baby bird's movement. Oh, my God. I would love to talk about adorable machinery. Here we go. From LiveScience.com, to monitor each chick's movement within the egg, the researchers used a device called an egg buddy, oh, my God, which shines a beam of infrared light through the egg and records when that beam gets disrupted. For instance, when the bird's muscles twitch. For each egg, the team calculated the embryo movements per minute at five points, uh, at five time points within the incub- within its incubation period to see how the growing chick's rate of movement changed through time. The team standardized these time points across species so they would match specific stages of embryonic development. And quote, I need yeah. Stephanie to help me with my life. Um, <laughs> Super organized. So organized. I'm like, Stephanie, when you're done uh, analyzing these birds and like different continents, can you come and do my closet? Like, yeah. this is genius. <laughs> yeah. Move this over, Condo. Move the fuck over. We need Stephanie. We need Stephanie. Jesus. So there was a lot of watching for the team, but luckily not so much waiting. Uh, on average, <clears throat> sorry, on average, a small bird's incubation period could be anywhere from two weeks to a month. Okay. Amazing. And get this, parasitic chicks hatch even faster. What? That brown-headed cowbird, for example, only takes about 10 days. And this is thought to be another survival strategy, <clears throat> as this gives the host parents less time to spot and reject the invader egg, and it gives the invader bird a head start to push the still-growing foster siblings out of the nest. You know, if anyone is more organized than Stephanie, it's these birds. <laughs> they are on it. Yeah. They are on it in, in, uh, in, not in the womb, in the egg. They're, they're they ready to go. Even, they're not from birth, from before birth. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, back to the study, which came to a not-so-surprising conclusion. You guessed it. Parasitic species showed higher rates of embryonic movement than their hosts uh-huh. and non-parasitic species. Basically, they work out harder than anyone, except maybe Cher, because her workout tapes are just amazing. Oh, seriously. Please. She's wearing bondage gear while working out yeah. and not breaking a sweat. How do you do it, Cher? <laughs> How do you do it? So... Now, if you're wondering what may trigger all of this movement, like is it innate, environment, or both? Well, it's not exactly clear so far. Dr. Marissa, do tell us what seems to be in energetic Stephanie's future, according to the Live Science article, parasitic birds exercise in their eggs, hatch, and then pulverize 
Yeah, messmates. <laughs> First of all, it's the most amazing article title I've ever heard, and we've heard a lot. Um, all right, quote, looking forward, McClelland said she plans to study what factors actually trigger embryonic movement in the various bird species. Perhaps environmental factors like temperature play a role uh, and how vigorously uh, the developing chicks move, she said. But perhaps the parasites and hosts share a nest. McClellan suspects that hormonal and genetic factors may be primary drivers behind egg exercise. The team also the team is also looking into birds' energy usage during this critical period of development, given that they're limited to using the yolk within their eggs. It's quite a mystery what's going on inside these eggs, McClellan said. The new study is really a starting step. There will definitely be a lot more work that needs to be done to really connect how this movement is shaping these birds. And quote, I, I love that this is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. This is so freaking cool. This is so insane. The fact that hormones, uh, the yolk, all of these factors yeah. are, are playing into these working out, ready to go birds. And I had no idea we didn't know that much. I that's, didn't realize that either. Yeah, that's as someone who like touches an egg every day <laughs> for breakfast. It's not like that, <laughs> but uh, it, it, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. So there is still a lot up in the air when it comes to birds. No pun intended. Uh, but many studies are yet to come. But you know what study has already been done? Tell me a study on dog farts. Yes. <laughs> so after the break, we're uh, we're gonna get a whiff. So please stay tuned. Oh, please do. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off. An eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish 
Your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And my friends, we missed Dog Farting Awareness Day. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that holiday took place back on April 8th. Oh. But to dry your tears, I think Dog Farting Awareness Day is every day, if you think about it. Yes, I <laughs> so agree. Uh, the good people over at the Waltham Center for Pet Nutrition certainly believe it is anyway. Thank um, God for them. Back in 2001... This UK-based research center answered the question no one asked. Uh, what are dog farts made of, and can they be less stinky? Amazing questions. <laughs> well done. Yeah. To find out, researchers hitched up their pants and designed, quote, a non-invasive technique to investigate dog flatulence in real time. Amazing. <laughs> a, a special doggy jumpsuit with a tail hole, a dog fart suit, end quote. I, I just yeah. feel like all of my dreams are coming true right now. This is the best combination of words I've ever heard. I, I, I just want to point out doggy jumpsuit, tail hole, dog fart suit. I, I just can't believe how happy I am right now. I, there's like tears yeah. in my eyes. This is the best thing She's we've ever She's taking off her glasses. About. Oh yeah. my God. She's wiping her eyes. Okay, tell me more about uh, the dog fart suit okay uh that quote is from the good people over at scientific american uh extra bonus points to post.bark.co for calling it a tootin tux oh my god i'm done sure. <laughs> i'm out marissa's out that's amazing come back again okay i'm back okay so dr marissa i have a diagram of said tootin tux amazing uh that the volunteer dogs wore please tell us what you see and describe it with your uh, best fashion words as I, to what this thing looks like nothing would make me happier all right what we are looking at kind of looks like a human life vest but it's not um it is kind of like when you put like um like a little raincoat on a dog yeah except it's um it, it covers like i would say from the neck to the to a little bit past the tail it's it's like a it's a little cover and then it's got some straps to make sure it's held onto the dog it's got a little space for the tail and it looks like it includes some sort of diaper situation yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, some tubes and i have a feeling you will tell me how all of those things work in tandem you're absolutely right yeah this um of course this diagram and some uh, stills of that video we saw will be on all on all of our social media so please come on by and amazing take a look at the cuteness um this little coat is yeah it kind of looks like a cross between a life preserver and a raincoat yes and has a few nifty attachments to capture dog farts amazing um, there's a sulfur gas detecting pump near the <laughs> near the dog's butt and it comes with a disposable like paper underpant to quote protect the sampling device from external interference and help maintain proximity of the tu of the tubing to the anus end quote so, so it's a diaper it's a diaper it's a diaper for farts yeah. it's a fart diaper i am a grown woman it's fine <laughs> i have a inner child okay okay and that quote was from the studies section uh collection and analysis of rectal gases that was <laughs> an actual section um <clears throat> now farts are made of multitudes 
uh, including nitrogen, oxygen, carbon dioxide, hydrogen, and methane. Amazing. But, for real but, it's sulfur gases, particularly hydrogen sulfide, that's behind the stink. Ah. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, uh, how do they go about measuring these dog farts? And uh, yes, I said those words. Yes, so. yes, yes, you did. <laughs> you said so many great words just now. Okay. Uh, all right, from scientificamerican.com, quote, to explore the composition of stinky dog farts, the researchers uh, took a two-pronged approach. Amazing. First, the fart suit measured what, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the fart suit measured what the dogs were dishing out, <laughs> specifically hydrogen sulfide concentrations in parts per million. Second, an odor judge joined the team. Yes, someone was assigned to assess the odor of dog farts, end quote. And from postbark.co, quote, the odor judge classified the farts with a very straightforward ranking system. Amazing. Using a scale of one to five, the official flatulence sniffer labeled the farts as follows as follows number one a noise with no odor (laughs) number two slightly noticeable odor number three mildly unpleasant odor number four bad odor number five unbearable odor end quote this was my favorite thing i've ever said out loud on a recording Thank you. I, I think you knew I would love that, and, yeah. and I really did. Yeah, that's why I gave you that section. Thank you. I- <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That's my birthday, early birthday gift Thank to you. Thank you. So. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah. Yes, my friends, that was someone's day. So <laughs> and, um, I, and in my notes, I write, can you imagine signing up for this? Because, you know, the job recruiter was like, hey, you want to work with dogs, but just didn't really divulge all the all the um, details uh, you know it you know it. and the person said yes oh, because yeah. who doesn't want to work with dogs yeah. <laughs> so it should be no surprise that it was found farts with more hydrogen sulfide were more unbearable with those than less amounts of hydrogen sulfide noted so we answered the first question no one asked what causes stinky dog toots <laughs> now we must move science forward and answer the second question. How can we make them more agreeable? Ah. Now, in previous studies done on human farts, <laughs> charcoal, zinc, and yucca shy digera? Shy digera. Yeah, yeah. shy digera. Uh, was found to reduce fart stinkiness. And just a side note, my heart goes out to the odor judge on that day. I mean, for human farts, that's a bad uh, one. That, that was, that, I'm sorry yeah. for that odor judge. Yeah. I yeah. would definitely choose to be. A dog fart odor judge. Same. Yeah. Same. I I can't imagine looking, like, making eye contact (laughs) with that person while judging their farts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That that must have been traumatic. Yeah. So, with this knowledge in hand, researchers at Waltham applied these ingredients by baking them into dog treats. Oh. They added 320 milligrams of activated charcoal, 2.5 milligrams of the yucca, and 17 milligrams of zinc in the form of zinc acetate uh, dihydride, and uh, the dogs were fed one treat per 11 pounds of body weight. Amazing, amazing. Uh, the dogs were then redressed in the Teuton tucks, and researchers waited for the magic to happen. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what were the results? Because we're all on the edge of our seats here. Oh my God, I am too. All right. <laughs> Quote, 
The treats with the three ingredients did the trick. Oh my God. Uh, while the number of farting episodes did not decrease, the stench of emissions was less aversive. With the treats, farting episodes rated as four or bad or five unbearable were significantly decreased and the percentage of episodes rated at two slightly noticeable was significantly increased. End quote. And that is from scientificamerican.com. Amazing. Yeah. So in some hydrogen sulfide is behind the stink. Uh, dogs eating treats containing charcoal, yucca, and the zinc acetate will produce less stinky farts. Amazing. And most important, most important, let it ring throughout the land. Dog farts are damn similar to our own, which is one of the many reasons they're our best friends. It's true. Yeah. If it, you know, you know, someone's a friend when you can share uh, f- farts with them. I guess. I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm. We, that's a good note to end on. Thank you for listening, subscribing, telling your friends about dog farts. Um, killer baby birds and thank you for tolerating my voice this week oh my god oh we made it through we, we nailed it we nailed thank it. you drugs <laughs> sponsor us <That's> right. <laughs> uh, and please as always stay interesting please do